You're listening to Social Misfit. What's going on, Misfit? I'm trying to hold it as long as I've been going. Man. Okay, uh, let's get right into it. I'm not even going to try to make excuses. I'm not even going to try to apologize. Uh, she has been out here living life. She's been out here working. She's been out here finally putting the final, 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 final touches on her book. And I, I, I even hate to bring it up because I've, I've been bringing it up as a reason why I haven't been recording these podcasts. And that is largely true. But I finally did my my last pass on it, which is now with the copy editor and like pretty much crossing the T's, dotting the I's. I got some really big names to give me blurbs for the cover. Um, So that is something to shout and dance about because I did not realize how much those things matter in the hopeful sales of your book. People really do look at a book cover and they're like, oh, my God, this person said such and such about it. I'm going to buy it. That plus my big old tatas on the front cover should definitely help. Yes, they're covered in popcorn, but they're still nice and plump and juicy. I like my boobs. Um, so that was one thing that had me tied up. Another thing was I was working on a television show. I am pitching a project and that is a whole nother beast. And, you know, honestly, I, I'm really good at procrastinating. And when I have to change my brain power from one project to another project, I normally like sit shiver or damn near feels like it for a week or two before I can like collect my thoughts and my energy and devote myself to something else. So I had to focus on that project. So I was out in LA last week pitching that and, and taking meetings. She was taking meetings. Um, and then on top of that, a month ago, actually a little bit more than a month ago, I started uh, working on the Tamron Hall show. So Tamron Hall is a journalist of 25 years and she has a brand new daytime talk show. And it's not celebrity driven. It's like human interest. I don't know why I'm giving you an advertisement for the Tamron Hall show, but it's a cool show. And I do the warm up. So I basically get up there in front of the audience and get them cheered up and and danced out and you know crack some jokes and make them feel good and basically like I'm like the the airline stewardess you know how like you get on a plane and then they start all of their like razzmatazz and normally you just put your headphones in and you start falling asleep or you try to work the tv but you can't work the tv because they won't let you control it until you actually take off and you know that every single time that you get on a plane that you cannot start watching tv until after takeoff but you still try it anyway because you don't want to hear what they have to say so I'm like the airline stewardess, but in this case, people actually do want to hear what I have to say and they enjoy themselves. And I'm not just saying that, but you know, I've been told that I'm, they like what I do because warm up is a very interesting profession. It definitely pays well, but it's also really hard because you have to make sure that the audience is engaged and aware and alert and also, you know, take care of a lot of business so that they understand what's expected of them as an audience member is more than just like sitting there. So I do all of that. I get them to get on board and get excited. And the only downside is that I have to get up early in the morning to do that. So I'm waking up now at like 630 in the morning to have my cousin Nicole calling me the three days a week that I have to work. And um, and by the time I'm done working, it's either like 11 a.m. If it's the one one day a week on Mondays, we're live Monday at 10. We, we are live 
And then Tuesday and Thursday, we have the 10 a.m. live show. And then we also have an additional afternoon show. And those afternoon shows air on Wednesday and then Friday, respectively. So after those those shoot days, I am exhausted. Like, I'm an introvert, so I don't have just a stockpile of energy within me. I have to muster it from the balls of my feet to the top of my head. And once the show is done, I'm drained. I'm like on the train, coming home, falling asleep. Not that like, oh, let me just close my eyes. I mean, like head nodding to the side like a bobblehead. I am exhausted, honey. And because of the show, I've definitely had to uh, rearrange how I perform at night. So I won't perform on Mondays or Tuesdays, sometimes Tuesday. But like the nights that I have work the next morning, I try not to perform. So that's just where I've been at. And um. And I really came home from work today and I was enraged. I was like, oh man, there's just so much that I have to talk about because it's been such a long time. And I'm just really, 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 really trying not to like spaz out on Twitter about the recent like update on the murder slash assassination of Joshua Brown. And Joshua Brown is a Dallas, Texas man, black who was the key witness in the Amber Geyer murder trial. Amber Geyer was the Dallas police officer, blonde haired white woman who shot and killed um, both him. I think I'm going to say it's both him, Jean, John, um, in his own apartment. She mistook his apartment for her apartment. So if you don't know the story, it's been all over the news, but Google it. And her trial just ended and she was sentenced to 10 years. And it's just a whole clusterfuck. Like she was crying, but there was no tears coming out because she's probably a, a, a sociopath. And, you know, you know, they try to fake emotions to get empathy, but they don't really feel what they're feeling. So, yes, white women could be sociopaths and psychopaths as well. So don't get it twisted. I know you've been watching Mindhunter like myself and they haven't profiled a woman yet, but uh, trust and believe that women can be psychopaths. And so she's up there crying and talking about how she wished he had killed her. And like, what kind of fuck shit is that? How are you going to kill an innocent man in his own apartment that you mistook as yours, even though you had he had a red doormat in front of his door? And I'm sure his apartment doesn't smell like your apartment, because if you ever been in a man's space, it smells like man. OK, it smells like man. So I would never walk into a man's apartment and be like, oh, my God, this is my apartment. You just you just you know what men smell like. You know what that smell is. Right. So and then on top of that, after she shot him, he didn't die immediately, but he bled out. And instead of her calling the police, she was calling her partner who she had been sexting previously, trying to be like, oh, my God, what about my job? So she's a stone cold killer. Right. And so she killed this innocent black man. And then at the sentencing, the the judge, you know, forget like pretty much hugged her and was like, girl, you're going to be all right. And, you, you know, we believe in you and gave her a Bible and hugged her. And then the victim's brother hugged her. It was like, I know my brother will want me to forgive her. It's like, let me tell you something when i die don't speak on behalf of me okay unless i left it specifically in a will or a video or audio recording don't go out here and start talking about what you know i would want okay because you don't know shit no way in hell would i want you to hug my murderer this is not like under no circumstances at all at all none period just not gonna happen so they did all of that tap dancing in the courtroom and the key witness that helped convict her was a gentleman by the name of Joshua Brown, who under up until 
now have been considered, you know, an upstanding citizen. He had no record, no criminal record, which is key because they use him as a key witness. So if he had had any previous interactions with the law, they could have simply said he's not a good character witness because he's, a, you know, a former criminal himself. But that was not the case. And matter of fact, he was such a reputable witness that his testimony is what helped seal the deal and, and convict Amber Geyer. But now he's dead. So he was shot returning to his home. He was shot twice, one in the face and one in the mouth, I believe, and in the chest. And now all of a sudden the Dallas PD talking about, oh, this was had nothing to do with us. He was a drug dealer. And we found all of these all of these drugs. We found um, pounds of weed and THC pills and all of this bullshit in his apartment. And it was three black men that drove up from out of state to come and do a drug deal with him. And the drug deal went wrong and it killed him. Now, mind you, if the drug deal went wrong, okay, I'm about to put on my conspiracy theory hat, but in this case, it's so infuriating that they think that we're this dumb. So it probably isn't even a conspiracy theory. It's probably the fucking truth. And they think that we're idiots. Like, we just don't know how the police get down. If I'm going to drive somewhere, right, several hours, hundreds of miles for a drug deal and it goes bad and I end up killing a person, I'm going to take the fucking drugs. Who leaves the drugs? So y'all just kill somebody and going to go back home empty handed. So that's how I already know that this whole thing is a sham. And so then I was thinking about it and I was like, yo, when I die, don't let them two things. When I die, don't let nobody speak on behalf of me talking about they know my wishes. That's number one. Number two, don't let them turn me into no drug dealer. Okay. And no pedophile or no pervert. None of no shit like that. Like, you know how they like to slander you after you've been killed to try to try to uh, defamate your character. Okay. So let's not. Let's not do that. Let's not do that. Right. But then I started thinking, it's like, wow, like the systems that are in place, they really are ruthless. They really are so strategic in the in the undermining of of black people, essentially. Right. I can't sugarcoat it any other way. And I, and I don't I don't want to just rant and make it sound like I'm I'm crazy and I'm just making this shit up. But like, just think about it, y'all. One white woman who was a police officer uh, for for like all of her training out the window, right? All of her, her years of training out the window, she kills an innocent man. Then the man's next door neighbor hears the commotion. He becomes a witness. He testifies and now he's killed. And now that man who was killed for testifying because you want us to be a part of the judicial system you want us to you know this anti-snitching thing you want us to be a part and help you solve crimes so now you have a man that stood up and 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 spoke and at the own detriment of his own life he spoke out on behalf of his neighbor who was wrongfully and just murdered in his apartment and now you're going to pin his that guy's murder on three more men so that's five men's lives who have been affected or terminated at the at the like at the juncture I, I can't even think of words right now not even I don't even know if I'm saying it right but at the as a consequence of this white woman right that's where we are right now 
And it's like, yo, didn't we just get finished watching the Central Park Five story on Netflix with Ava DuVernay? Didn't we just see this play? Or didn't we just see them pin the murder or or crime on innocent? And I don't, I don't want to say that these three men are innocent. I don't know, but I just know one thing: they didn't go there for no damn drug deal. That, like, like now you, now you insulting their intelligence. Like you just, you just playing games, right? So now we would be wrong if we just was like, you know what, we ain't partaking in none of this bullshit no more because y'all don't y'all y'all don't respect us enough to not think we're idiots we would be wrong for that and that makes me feel like oh damn man this is all the thought process i had like walking home from the train from work today like wow this all really happened and you know people innocent people are gone and now you have a police system that's gonna you know make up this whole grandiose lie to to just you know make this black man look like a, a criminal even though he was a star witness last week and i was like you know i just got finished watching the boys what if i just had the power of the guy who was like invisible i can't remember his name but there was a there's a superhero okay so if you know what the boys is the boys is a graphic novel that's been transferred transformed into a live action series excuse me, live action series. Okay, let me do that over. The Boys, if you don't know what The Boys is, it's a a graphic novel and it's now a live action series on Amazon Prime. And The Boys is about these groups of superheroes who are basically owned and licensed by this big company. And now The Boys are a group of like ragtag mercenaries who are with this mission to dismantle this whole hero thing, this whole hero system in the world. But one of the heroes is this guy who has like skin that's thick and tougher than diamonds. And he can be invisible if he's naked. So I was like, Oh man, I wish, I wish I could just be invisible and like go down there and just like find out all of the fuckery and just like expose it. And, you know, just all the types of stuff. Cause it's like, we can't wait for the system to get a conscience and be like, Hey y'all, we can't keep incriminating innocent people and throwing them in jail and, and just, you know, pinning murders on folks that had nothing to do with it. Like we can't keep doing it. Like that's never going to happen. Like the system as a whole is never going to wake up and become like, they're just not going to correct. The system's not going to correct itself as it stands right now. The system's not going to, come around and say, let's stop being shitty to people. It's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So it's like, well, damn, well, what is going to be the catalyst, you know? And then, you know, flow right and right out of that into what's happening politically. It's like, oh, so the White House just sent an eight-page letter to Nancy Pelosi, like, yeah, we're not going to partake in that impeachment inquiry. Like, we're just not going to do it. And, and instantly when I read that on Twitter, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I already knew this. But it reminded me when Mark Cohen, I believe his name is Mark Cohen, but last name Cohen for sure. I try to block out as much as I like. If I don't have to reference it immediately, it goes out my fucking head when it comes to politics. But um, Trump's former attorney, Cohen, right? He said during his testimony, right, the public testimony, he said, and I remember this, and I remember not a lot of people really was picking up on this. Like, this was not a part of the stuff that became 
the headlines after, you know, how they like summarize highlights of the testimony. Nobody really fucking focused on this. But he said, I'm afraid that if Trump doesn't win 2020, he's not going to leave the office voluntarily. It's going you won't have to use force to get him up out of that motherfucking White House. He said that now he said that knowing that this man knowing this man for damn near almost what, 15, 20 years. I don't know how long, but a long fucking time. And if somebody said to you, listen, I know my homie or my ex homie and they not going to go out there without a fight. You should fucking listen to them. So now all of a sudden when you get this eight page letter and they like, yo, we, we, we know we did mad shit that's worth us being impeached, but we ain't going to partake in this system. Okay, we ain't going to listen to your subpoenas. We're not going to show up. Matter of fact, we're going to tell the people that you want to talk to that they better not talk to you. And you know what? They're not going to talk to you. You know why they're not going to talk? Because everybody that is in cahoots with Donald Trump and his family and his administration has been compromised. Every last one of them. Every last one of them. There's a videotape. There's a there's a profile on their family. They got the addresses. They know the what money they dark money that they getting from other sources. Like they've all been compromised. Every last single one of them. Right. It's the main reason why. Like, if you are in New York City and you've like been in the train system. You notice that you'll see like those uh those stress tests. I don't think you see them that much anymore because I think people got hip. But the stress tests were just a, a gimmick, right, by the Church of Scientology. And so what they would do is like, oh, you look stressed being in New York. You're so stressed. Come here. Come and hold our like our, our meter. So you basically hold these two metal uh, cylinders and it's attached to like a machine that looks kind of like a lie detector machine. And it beeps and bops and it tells you, oh, you know, you're so stressed out from your job, from your family, blah, blah, blah. You should come down and, you know, get some more teachings and we can help you with the stress. Right. So that's like that's like the salesman pitch Scientology, like in the New York City area. That's how they was trying to get people like in early 2000s. And so if you went to the Church of Scientology. And forgive me if I've given this analogy before, but this is a story that I know I might have spoke on because I did an article about the Church of Scientology when they were trying to invade the Harlem and try to get black folks to join their ranks because white folks got hipped and was like, I'm not going to keep paying y'all money to get these fucking Thetans off and y'all keep charging me thousands of dollars and I still got these fucking Thetans. Anyway. So what you do is you go to the Church of Scientology and they do that stress test again. But this time it's in private and it's just you and a reader, right? A person who reads the machine. It's just you and a reader. And they ask you all of these personal questions, right? What was your relationship with your mom like? What's your dad like? You know, cult shit. You know, how do you feel about this? Or do you have any trauma? What happened to you? Were you sexually abused? When did you lose your virginity? Blah, 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 blah. Like all of these deeply, deeply personal because they're telling you that they're trying to read your levels of stress and like help you. But really what they're doing is they're videotaping you. So all of the stuff that you talk about in that little tiny room with that one person who you think is being, you know, confidential, they have a videotape of it. So now you are in a position to be compromised slash blackmailed. And that's why a lot of people in the Church of Scientology, they don't really talk about it because they know that there's video footage or audio footage somewhere of them divulging deep, dark secrets that they don't want to come out. That's why I believe a lot of the people who are in cahoots or in support of the Trump administration haven't spoken out because they know that they'll be compromised and or or what's it called exposed and then you have a large portion who just really believe and ride with him or they think that riding with him is going to get them what they want eventually not knowing that what they want eventually is going to make them 
uh, compromise. So it's a catch 22, right? It's a catch 22. And, you know, I can walk around all day and be enraged and and want to lash out and be angry. But honestly, I took Twitter off my phone, y'all, for the second time. And I still go to it, but this time I like go to the web browser and I type in twitter.com and then I type in my password. Then I got to wait for the verification code to pop up and I copy and paste that and I go into my timeline. And, you know, by the time I do all of that, I may scroll for like three, four or five minutes. And after that, it'll fucking ultimately time out and then I have to do that shit all over again. And then I'll do it again. I will do it again because I'm probably in the middle of like reading some shit. And then the third time it does it then I just I just don't do it again because I'm like all right that's enough that's too much so that's just how I police myself that's my own limit that I put on my um myself when it comes to social media but yeah social media is just like it's just something else to get you all all crazy about and you know it definitely has its, its benefits but it also huh, man shit's exhausting you know like I was reading an article on social media yesterday when I was logging in and out logging in and out about how there's like a secret documentary about um West African college professors basically entrapping young women and telling them in order to get a degree they have to have sex with them and it's like yo people are fed up like people are fed up of being treated like shit you know and so these women are finally speaking out and they made a video and one of the churches like I guess one of the professors who was forcing young women students to sleep with him he um he got fired from his position at a church because it was like yo we don't stand for that none of that like no parts of that you know so it's like for all of the terrible shit that's happening in the world and there's a lot you're starting to see people speak out and and unplug from the complacency you know people weren't taken to the streets you know never in a in a in a not to say a hundred years, but never would you imagine seeing, you know, months long protests in Tokyo. It's not Tokyo, fucking Hong Kong. You know, I don't even know why I'm um mixing my words up because I haven't smoked since October first. That's another thing we should talk about. I, I gave up weed. I tell myself I'm not smoking until my book my book comes out. So if you see me on January seventh when Fuck Your Diet is released, honey, baby, please know that I will be baked, baked, baked like a lay, like a lay chip. Man, them la- nasty ass baked lay chips. I don't know who the fuck they were fooling. Like why even go through all of that to make a healthy option potato chip? Like just, just let that shit be fucking deep fried and call it a day. That baked, that baked lays was horrendous. It didn't even, it didn't even snap in your mouth. Like, right. It didn't even, it just crumbled. Like you would, matter of fact, it didn't even crumble. You would put a baked lays in your mouth and it would, it, it would, uh, evaporate like a, like a, a communion wafer on your tongue. You know, I'm not even supposed to be eating potato chips, potato chips, potatoes are one of the things that I'm not supposed to eat according to my blood type. We've talked about that before, but let me let you know something. I have definitely falling off the wagon and you know my new schedule like waking up has cut into like my workout times and I just I cannot work out after work I just can't matter of fact I need to text my trainer now and be like hey can we change my days to my off days Wednesday and Friday because me trying to work out after work if I don't exercise before if I don't like work out in a gym like or with my trainer before like 12 o'clock 12 30 p.m it's a wrap 
Now I could do a workout class later in the day. Like if I get up and I get all my shit done and I run my errands and then I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to hot yoga. Also something I have not been to in a couple of months. I feel very bad saying that out loud. But if I go to a hot yoga class at like two or 4.30, then that's fine. That's, that's fine. I can do that. But getting up and going to a gym or seeing my trainer after, mm-mm, that's not going to happen. Um, Some good news. I mean, if you want to hear it, it's not really good news, but it's like cute. Because, um, you know, if I, if I subscribe to cancel culture, I would have to cancel myself because mama got her first lace front, y'all. Mm-hmm. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. She dropped that card down on the table and got her an authentic human hair lace front wig, which I will never glue on, by the way, because that's just like my little that's like my little my little resistance move right there. Like, yes, I will wear it and it will look good. I'll have a little bit of leave out in the front. So it looks even more authentic of a hairline, but she's not, she's not sewing it down and she's not gluing it on. That's not happening. I will definitely straight pin the fuck out that bitch. But I feel like to do that is like a level of commitment that I'm not ready to make right now because I've always been on the fence about human hair just because, you know, when it comes to human hair and how we get it and it's harvested, it is, Ooh, you know, it makes me feel really uncomfortable. But then, you know, there's always that one person who sees the silver lining of a uh, human, um, not human suffering, basically. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to say that the women who cut their hair are suffering, but they're definitely suffering from poverty, which is the reason why that they cut their hair. But, you know, the person who always sees this, the, the silver lion in, in human suffering is like, but, you know, they made money. They're making money from selling their hair. And it's like, yeah, but that human hair wig over here costs a thousand dollars. I did not pay a thousand dollars. I paid way less than a thousand dollars. But I'm just giving you a roundabout number because there are women out here, especially in entertainment, who will spend a thousand plus on a human hair wig. You know, the kind that go down to your butt like Beyonce's. Exactly. Diana Ross, for sure. I'm sure Diana Ross by now has definitely funded at least a couple schools with all of that pr- uh, premier Remy native human hair that she's been rocking since the 70s. Um, but you think about it like, yes, the, that wig may cost like a thousand plus over here, but they didn't get paid a thousand plus over there. They got paid dollars, like dollars, single dollars, you know, so I, I mean, I don't know if I'm contributing to the problem, but I mean, aren't we all contributing to a problem? And I'm not trying to write it off. And I'm just saying that, like, at the end of the day, um, I had to break down and get a lace front because, yes, my crochet wigs look cute and some of them look authentic, but I, I got to get to the next phase of my beauty uh, glow up and that requires a nice human hair wig don't worry i'm gonna sage it i'm gonna sage it i'm gonna i'm gonna I'm strike some incense i'm gonna thank the ancestors i'm gonna thank the people that that shaved their hair and made and made it possible for me to to have a, a a cute little 14 inch situation on the nape of my neck i will be grateful whenever i put it on okay and i will also be telling any man that i meet that i have on a wig so they don't try to play themselves and snatch it off my fucking head and dig them damn straight pins in my in my scalp while they trying to you know grab my ponytail from the back i'm not dating by the way so i don't think that that is just like a slick way for me to bring up men because i'm not i'm not engaging in 
um, the dating world right now. And I have some friends who went on Hinge and other dating sites. I had a friend, I had a friend who shall remain nameless, but if she's listening, she knows this is her. She was showing me her dating profile and how she had matched with this guy. And I was like, oh my God, I know him. And I did know him. And everything that he said in there was a bold faced fucking lie. Okay. This man, I'm not, I don't remember what he said, but the truth of the matter is he has a young child. Okay. He is not gainfully employed. Matter of fact, he lost his job for fucking scamming. Okay. And all it is like world travel, blah, 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 blah. Yes. He's been on trips with friends and a group. Okay. And, and, and I don't know, I don't want to be the one to break it down to you, but seven times out of 10, if it's a bunch of niggas on a group trip, they ain't there for the fucking culture. Okay. They there for the cheap alcohol and a cheap ass. They're not there to look at no fucking pyramids. They're not there to read hieroglyphics. They're not there to understand the cuisine. They're not there to, you know, see the traditional dances of the people. They there because it was a fucking group trip and they didn't want to be the last man sitting at home watching fucking videos and liking photos on Instagram. They wanted to be there. They wanted to get on the charted motherfucking boat and play motherfucking meek meal out loud and and drink they motherfucking duty-free Hennessy. Them niggas is not there for the passport stamps, okay? They was there to fucking clout chase, all right? So I will not be doing online dating because I know who's on there perpetrating the fraud. Um, Is there anything else that I wanted to discuss? I was so full of rage and I think I've addressed all of the things that made me want to roll up, but I can't roll up because I have to, I have to at least stick to one thing. You know, I said that I was going to get back on my workout once the book was turned in. That really didn't happen. Um, I said that I was going to, what else? I said I was going to declutter my house. That hasn't happened. I wanted to, it's going to happen probably this weekend. My brother is going to be out of town. And so I can declutter and it doesn't, I know I say that like, he's not in the way, he's not a part of the problem, but I feel like when you want to like purge your space, you just don't want anybody there asking you, what'd you get this from? Why you throw that out? You throw that out. Like, I want no suggestions. I want to work through the process on my own and get rid of a bunch of shit because I am ready to move. Okay. I've been in this apartment for 12 years. I mean, I've been here so long that there's like, shit in corners that I don't even know how long that shit been here. I got a box in my living room and I thought that it was filled with old files from my old job. Am I the only person that still has files from the old job? I think it's different because I was a journalist. So like, I never want to throw out like things that I think could like be useful in the future, you know, like just as a memoir or, you know, funny quotes or video audio from interviews that I did, you know, that sort of stuff. So that's what I thought was in this box. Then I finally like took the stuff that was on top of it off and looked inside. It's a box of fucking books, like random books. Like, I don't even know why I got these books. Like, I feel like somebody was throwing books out and I was like, oh, don't throw that box of books out. Let me take them home and sit it in my corner for no fucking reason. So I got to get rid of these books. I got two big ass bags of dog food I got to get rid of because I ordered them. I ordered it on Amazon. And this is the tricky thing about Amazon is that if you order something on Amazon, 
it asks you if it's like a, a like a dry good or like a food or um, pills like vitamins. They'll say, oh, do you want to make it a recurring order and we'll send it every month? And I guess apparently I did that and I didn't realize it. And so I'm just getting dog food every month and my dog is fat, but she don't eating like that, you know, cause it's like a 18, 20 pound bag of dog food. She don't go through that no month. And so now I have two bags, but I had to cancel it because my dog, like I said, was fat and now I changed her diet. So she's lost weight. So she got, she's like a little slim in the waist, a little slim when he's a little slim in the waist. She's looking good out here for these kids. So I got it. I want to find a place to donate that. I got to get my car checked out because it's like a, um, it's like a, not a recall, but there's like a notice something that needs to be fixed on my car. Maybe I'll do that tomorrow, but you know, it's interesting. I, I, I remember when I used to have a job and I worked every day, nine to five and you know, you forget how much of a routine it is where you just like, get up, go to work, come home, get something to eat, sit on the couch, scratch your, you know, scratch your, your balls or your butt and then get in the shower, get in the bed and do that shit all over again. You know, and that's why people wild out on the weekends because they've been on a fucking hamster wheel Monday through Friday. And so for me to even have to work three days a week and just get back into a routine, it's like, oh, my God, le- legit. This is my train of thought. Oh, my gosh. I work Monday from 830 a.m. to 11 a.m. Like, I mean, yeah, I know technically I have the rest of the day, but like I'm tired. I got to eat. So like, how am I supposed to work out? Like legit. That's like my thought process is like, I mean, I work for like two and a half hours today. Like, how am I supposed to work out after that? And it just shows me that I just got to get my shit together. So if you're out there um, being a fucking slouch like myself, just, you know, indulge maybe one more day and then get your shit together because we got to get ready for this revolution. I know I say that in jest, but I'm actually like low-key serious. So, um, yeah, let's get it together, folks. Let's hold each other accountable. There are uh, a couple months left in the year of 2019. Actually, I saw this meme. What is it? October. It's October. Shit. October, November, December. There's three months left. Hey, chill out, Winnie. Shh, girl. There's three months left, y'all, to the decade to this decade y'all three months left to the decade right we're gonna look back and be like so what was you doing in the 20 the 2010s what was that decade like for you like how we look back fondly on the 60s the 60s was a long fucking time ago but like you're like yeah the 60s everybody was a hippie and we having 60s parties like what's the what's the 28 shut up what's the what's the 2010s party gonna be like like what's the fashion trend gonna be like when we have theme parties like 30 years from now when we all turn in like 50 and 60 well not all but you know i guess my age demo so i'm gonna say 50 and 60 what's gonna be that theme party you know it'd be interesting when i turn 50 or 60 i'm definitely gonna have a a theme party of the early 1990s like i'll probably pick up specific year it'd probably be 1998 the year that I entered college, Lauren Hill's album dropped. Mad fucking good music came out. We was starting the whole Afrocentric phase. D'Angelo Lady was popping. Fucking Erica Badu with her turban was out there in the world. Jill Scott, like all of that Afro neo centric soul voodoo hoodoo bullshit. Mm-mm, that's gonna be my theme for my fiftieth birthday party. Is the year is nineteen ninety eight. Bring your dashiki. Or your motherfucking just for me perm cat because we was doing both still at the same time. All right, y'all. Um, um, I was, I'm here. I, I talked. I let some shit out. Um, 
And oh, some good news. I will be recording my debut comedy album October 22nd at the Village Underground. There are two show times. There's an eight o'clock show and a 10 o'clock show. If you would like to attend, please go to comedyseller.com backslash reservations. Tickets are $15. Reserve your ticket, show up, show out, laugh, bring friends, have fun. And I decided to do this comedy album because I'm, I'm creeping up on 10 years. And Malcolm Gladwell said, you know, 10 years, 10,000 hours, give or take. And I really wanted to encapsulate my my progress and my train of thought and where I am emotionally and creatively at this at this juncture. And you see how many trying to use big words as I get off this podcast. Uh and I and I hope that you would come and partake. And and I know I had a request from Gabe. Shout out to Gabe. Um um at Gabe Made who made my flyer for my album recording and he was like why don't you do a live stream so people who aren't there can watch a live stream and so if you are interested in watching a live stream of my taping it'll probably just be the first one then let me know and we can set up a little link and folks can watch it and we'll go from there but yeah so i'm recording an album um october 22nd so hopefully you can come out watch it if not you can buy it when i drop it by the end of the year all right guys it's been another episode of Social Misfit. Thanks for listening and sticking it out with me.